This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Are you all having a good morning? God's good, isn't he? He's really good. I'm just thinking that. That worship was amazing, wasn't it? Are you stirred by the presence of the living God? Not joking. That's a serious... I know I'm doing one of my faces, but I am actually serious. Do you know what? And thank you for that introduction. There is one thing God has taught me in my life. Do you know what? He hates lukewarm. So if you're going to do something, do it all or not at all. Right? Because God is an all or not at all God. This isn't what I'm speaking on. I'm just rambling. But I'm telling you this morning, if there's any area of your life where you're feeling lukewarm or set back from, God is saying, pack it in, all or not at all. God wants all of you, or what's the point? Friends, why are we here this morning if you're just going through the motions and playing about? I know that might be a little bit challenging and that's not what you want to hear this morning, especially my knees. I'm telling you, I've been dancing all night. I just don't need any challenging this morning. But what I want to know is, God, where next? What now? Show me, show me, show me, show me. But if your attitude is, well, actually, this is quite enough for me and I'm really happy and I'm going to go home to my roast chicken and life's all good. Fine, that will be your life. But you know what? The blessings of God will be limited in your life. And that's a self-limiting blessing. So God is saying this morning, and that's part of humbling yourself, isn't it? And saying, my agenda goes to one side. It's all for you, God. It's all or not at all, church. So let's be that that person. Yes? Whether it's dancing in a party, (laughs) whether it's worshipping God, serving God, whether it's the work you do. Do you know what? Even if it's a job you're not loving, you do it all for the love of God. You serve the most high God in any capacity you find yourself in. Oh, isn't it good? Oh, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Right, this morning, I'm talking about being a friend of God. And right now, at this second, all of you have a song going through your head. And it will be there all morning as I speak. I am a friend of God. All week I've been singing it. Now, important things to remember beforehand. We are created by the Most High God for relationship. Yes? And part of that relationship means that we are in a line with God and he calls us his friends. Nice? Nice? You all seem thrilled. Yeah, really? Yeah, that's nice, Andrew, isn't it? Listen, you are aligned with the Most High God to sacrifice the redemptive love of Jesus Christ himself so that you can stand in the position before God without spot or blemish as a co-heir with Christ and he calls you friend. Amen. Amen. You know what? When Jesus went to the cross, he didn't do it for an empty promise. He didn't do it because he had to. He did it because he loved us so much he wanted to. And today, as we lose sight of all of that stuff, because friendship means, do you know what? I'll add you on Facebook. I like something on Insta. How many friends have you got? Several thousand. No, you haven't. You know what? The friends that we can count on our hand, the closest ones, the ones who sharpen us, the ones who are there for us, the ones who are prepared to challenge us, because I tell you what, challenging conversations are a sign of love in your life, right? So those people are your friends, not the ones that you put pictures of your food up and they click like. Okay, so let's get our heads around that to start with. But we're going through. So you were built for relationship with the Most High God through Jesus Christ, his son. Amen. Amen. And part of that relationship is that we get to be friends with him. Now, friendship isn't a replacement for relationship. It never will be. It never is. But friendship is what we are called to. So being a friend, not just of God, but to each other, is part of our holy calling. Right? 
To be a friend to others is part of our holy calling. And today we're going to look at some scriptures. And I've only got two points this morning. How um, a friendship can be healthy or how we can be unhealthy. And the signs and symptoms and how we spot that in our lives. But I just want us to get a handle on this this morning. Because I think we need to remember it every day. The presence of God is here and now and always. When we say in worship you need to enter in, it isn't that God shows a special dispensation when we worship. He's there always. But we are not attentive or aware in our lives to him moving around us so we ignore him. We are not aware that the presence of God occupies every single nanosecond because we put him at the back. And today is about being more attentive, attuned and aware of everything God wants to do in your life through you for the benefit of others because you are blessed to be a blessing and you are Jesus on this earth. Right? Isn't that amazing? Look what you're entrusted with. Oh. I'm like, oh, that's a bit frightening. Listen, you are called to godly purpose. Do you understand? You are called to godly purpose. And your godly purpose, not one of you should leave this room today thinking, I don't know what my godly purpose is. Your godly purpose is to be a friend. Your godly purpose is to show the love of Jesus Christ in this world to other people. Yes? 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 It's not rocket science, is it? I'm getting shrill. I told you the love hearts will kick in. Let's just all do it together. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. So you are created for relationship through the Most High God. You know the sacrifice that Jesus made? Any other lamb at any other time would have done. The perfect lamb, the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. But Jesus said, for once and for all, I am your sacrificial lamb. So he died unbroken on the cross so that we can live unbroken. Right? So when we walk through this life, if you think, you know what, I can't be a friend, Andrea. Actually, what I need is a friend. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ died unbroken so you can live unbroken. You go out and find someone you can be a friend to and you watch how that floods in through your life. You you will be unbound through recognising how unbroken you are through Jesus Christ. Do you understand? Because we live in our hurts. We live in our pain. We live in our guilt. We live in our shame. Jesus Christ did not die to condemn you and to, and to abandon you to guilt and shame. He died so you could live, live a changed life in his freedom. Do you get it? Yes. So that's the preamble this morning. He died so you could live a changed life in his freedom, demonstrating that freedom to other people. And your freedom will look different to my freedom. And your freedom will look different to their freedom, but it's all freedom in Christ Jesus. And let's celebrate our differences, our eccentricities, our uniqueness, but our innate value and worth is unchanged through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I got a video. Yeah, I'm, I know I'm going digital. This always ends badly when I do stuff like this. But Lee has assured me that everything will be okay. So before we plod on into the points, I want to show you an example of friendship. This is friendship in its purest form. You should be taking notes about all of this, okay? Because it is a masterclass in communication and how we relate to each other. Have we got it, Lee? Let's go.
minutes they are talking like this to each other. It is the best thing you will ever see. Another video I will also recommend, Babies Laughing at Dogs. It's a purity in your life that you, it is just the most beautiful thing. But that isn't, what are they saying? Do you know that's, that clip's been used by scientists and they're trying to work out what they're saying to each other because they understand each other, don't they? I think they're saying, we're in our nappies, I've only got one sock, who's looking after us? <laughs> Where is they? Where are they? Who is she? Why are we here? Why are we in a kitchen by an oven? I don't know! But it's, isn't that just the best thing you've ever seen in your life? And so life-affirming. Oh, beautiful. So that is... Uh, but is that not how communication works? To the outside world, it may look like we are talking nonsense and gibberish to each other. But there is a deep calling to deep and we know what we mean, right? So that when we are communicating with each other, you should know what my heart is and how much I love you. And I should recognise your heart and the love in you so that when we are communicating, we have a commonality of purpose. That means what am I, I am saying will be received and you will reciprocate back to me. So it's about responding to each other, not reacting to that situation. Because sometimes we have difficult things to say to each other. Sometimes it's all laughs and socks and nappies. But other times, it's that time you have to say, do you know what? I'm not sure that you're dealing with this okay. Find another way. And having the heart that goes, yeah, you're right. I need to be in that place. Will you help me? So that there's a commonality, do you understand what I'm saying? And a reciprocity of our emotions that isn't judgmental or condemnatory, but that actually says, I get it, and you're going to be okay. Do you know? So, I'm, I'm, I mean, uh, the key friendship in the Bible, isn't it? One of the key ones. And one, I think, that mirrors our relationship with God is obviously between David and Jonathan. It's in the first book of Samuel. And, oh, my days. In the topsy-turvy world of the kingdom of God, this demonstrates everything. Jonathan was the son of the king and should have inherited the kingdom. David was the son of a shepherd, but who was anointed king over Israel. And in the topsy-turvy world, they should have hated their sight of each other. But they connected. Because it wasn't me alike that bound them. It was God. And the recognition that what God is doing in your life, I celebrate that. I don't need to hold any resentment in my heart about the blessings being poured out onto you because I'm so, so grateful and joyful of the blessings I have myself. So that when I see you get blessed, I celebrate you and I push you on and I say, let's be friends together. Let's push each other on. Let's serve godly purpose together. I don't have to be in a place where I am resentful or bitter that I don't have what you have. Because you know what, friends? I don't want what you've got. I only want what I've got. I only want what God's got for me. I don't want what you've got. You've got a beautiful lane you're running in. It's beautiful and it's your lane. I'm in my own. I might plod along. I might slow down, but I don't go backwards. You know what? And I won't cut in on you either. I won't trip you up or scupper you or try to take the baton you're passing on off you because what I want you to do, I want to be at your back shouting, go on, go on. Pick your feet up. You can do it. You can do it. Don't slow down. You're doing it. Come on. And my heart is, and my prayers, that you would be doing that for me as well. That you're not talking about me behind my back. Or, you know, being bitter and resentful or thinking thoughts about me. Let's not be that church. Let's not be that church. Let's not be that kind of friend where we are saying, you, you're flipping awesome. 
Now you run your race, girl. You run your race, boy. Come on, let's do it. Do you get me? Because that, in its purest, is an example of the security of the relationship we have with God. God never says, do you know what? Actually, Andrea, I have all the glory and I quite like it if um, you, you, you know, I did a bit. He's not a jealous God in that sense. He doesn't want to do you down so he gets more glory. He blesses you abundantly so he gets the glory. Get it? So we think God is mealy mouthed and withholds things. But he doesn't. He says, do you know what? I'm going to bless you so much because then I get even more glory. And do you know what? That makes God sound a bit selfish, but he's the only one who's allowed to be because it is his glory and he doesn't share it. Right? He doesn't share it with you. He doesn't share it with me. He doesn't share it with anyone. It's his and his alone and rightly so. So if we are in a place where anything in our lives starts to tarnish God's glory based on what I want, what I get and how blessed I am, then we need to have a quick reframe because that is not what God calls us friends for. Right? That's not what he calls us friends for. He allows us and encourages us to be his friend based purely on Jesus Christ. Yeah? Yeah? based purely on Jesus Christ. So that is, and you know the best part about King David and that a friendship, healthy friendship, this is point one, this is about healthy friendships. Healthy friendships, you know you're in a healthy friendship because it produces a legacy, right? There's fruit and legacy to that friendship because what did King David do? Jonathan died, was killed. But he said, who is left in the house of Saul that I may show kindness to? And Jonathan's son, who was lame, and was put to one side, an outcast, vulnerable, had no place at any table. King David said, you bring him in. He always will sit at the king's table to eat. And you know what? Our heart and our attitude should be, let's make more room at this table for people to come and eat. You know what? You need a seat at this table, you come and sit at this table. Who is left in this world that I can show kindness to because of the massive kindness that God himself has shown me? Get your chair. In fact, have mine. You know? Come and sit with me. Come and sit with us. This is a table. This is a table. You know, and we invite people to it. That Charlotte Campbell spoke on it in Cherish, didn't she? We don't shut people out. We say, who is left of this house that I may show kindness to? Because there's a lot more to Christianity than being kind, I understand. But let me tell you, there's nothing less. Right? There is nothing less than being kind to someone. It is in your gift to show kindness. Each and every one of us, it is within our gift to show kindness to people. And when we withhold kindness, we are never more unchristlike. Because at every level, Christ was kind. Even when he was challenging, he was kind. His heart was always for people. His heart was always to bring them to the table. Even if he had hard things to say to them, he would bring them to the table. Do you understand? So there's a lot more to Christianity than just being nice and kind. Come on, let's remind ourselves, there's nothing less. I don't get nastiness. I don't get it. I don't get why you think, why we think it's okay to do that. I get, I totally get that sometimes there's a lot of rubbish and stuff going on in our lives and we react to that and project it onto other people. But you know what? That doesn't make it okay. Guys, that doesn't make it okay. We all do that sometimes. We all do that sometimes. I'm having a bad day. I'm going to make somebody else have a bad day. Let's all be in this together. I'm having a rough time. Ha ha. You thought you're, you, you got up in a good mood. Watch me ruin that for you. You know, but I have no right to do that. I have no right to do that. 
My duty is to deal with my stuff and bless you. Despite the stuff I'm going through, it's to bless you. Do you understand? Yeah, good. Well done. Right, can we put a verse up? This is John 15. I love this. I love this. This sums it all up. This is Jesus talking. Glasses on. I'll read it through you. Have you got it, Lee? Right, here we go. Let me find it in here. Okay. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love one another. Love one another. That's what friends do. We love one another. And it's not casual. It's not a casual love with a small L. Our friendship through the love of Jesus Christ is intentional. You with me? So it is an act of will to be someone's friend. Because God, through an act of will, sent Jesus to die for us. So it is not within our gift to withhold anything from any other person that God has ordained as theirs. Got it? And he says he loves everyone. Everyone's got, I'm just looking at the floor right now because there's a, listen, there are people in my life and there will be people in your lives who test you in a way you don't want to be tested. There are people you won't care for. Let's be honest. There are people you don't give a passing thought to. There are people you don't click with. There are people we don't connect with. That is absolutely true. And our circle of friendship is different to what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is it is not within our gift to ignore people who need something just because I feel I don't get on with them. Do you understand what I mean? So it is not up to me to say, well, actually, you know what? They're not my friend. Somebody else will sort that out. I, if I see a need, I should sort it out. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because this is what he's saying. You know, even the disciples, Jesus' closest friends, on the night he was being betrayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he asked them, stay awake and pray for me. What did they do? They fell asleep. Good mates, right? I'm dying tomorrow and you're falling asleep. Awesome. Cheers, mates. No, do you know what? Even your closest friends will let you down sometimes. But we forgive our closest friends, don't we? We extend that courtesy to them. We extend that to them. We say, oh, do you know what? I know you didn't mean it. Let's just move on. But we are not so forgiving and kind to the people we don't connect with so much. What we will say is, well, actually, they let me down. There we are. Job done. End of. Ta-da. All the best. Click like on someone else's picture, babe. Do you know what I mean? That's what we do. You know what? She thinks I'm liking that after what she did. She got another thing coming. I will withhold my like. You know? That's what we do, isn't it? Like they're sitting at home going... Who knew, you know? But this is what we do. The pettiness of our own desires infects what Jesus wants, right? The pettiness of it because we feel slightly slighted or we feel a little bit aggrieved. I'm not talking about big, toxic, abusive relationships here now. I'm talking about the ones we just can't be bothered with. And in the kingdom of God, our inattention is not acceptable. Our inattentiveness is not acceptable to Jesus because we are his arms, arms. We are his arms. No, we're not. We are his arms and hands and legs and feet. Limbs. We're his limbs. 
on this earth. We are Christ here. It is our job to help people. It is not our job to decide who does and doesn't need his help. That is not our job. If God says, I want you to do this, it is not our job to then attach a whole list of criteria to it that will enable or disable me from helping. Well, we tried, uh, but that didn't happen. So we've left it. And that's not, that's not a negotiable. We are here to serve each other. Yeah? You see, what Jesus said to the disciples when they fell asleep was this. Do you know what? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, what that means, this is how I read it, okay? And I should, I'm willing to discuss this later. How I read this is, it's not that my spirit is, you know, happy to do it, if only my flesh wasn't so weak. It is the Holy Spirit inside me, willing me forward and enabling me to do things, but my flesh overrides it. Yeah? So my spirit is willing me forward and I know that still small voice of God if I'm listening that says this is what you should be doing but my flesh will override it my flesh will say I don't want to I don't want to I'm a bit busy and actually I don't really like them I said it I said it I know I'm a Christian and sometimes I don't like people you may take me out and stone me later you know what but just be honest with ourselves why didn't I connect with that person because I don't like them let's be honest but you know what? We have to put those aside sometimes, don't we? And move on in Jesus. So your spirit will always be willing. And your spirit inside you, the Holy Spirit, is always stronger than your flesh. And even though our flesh is weaker than the spirit, we give it precedent. Right? So our spirit is stronger, but we allow the weak flesh to take hold. We don't engage our flesh to submit it to the spirit. We would rather let the spirit go to one side and our flesh take over. And we are told in the Bible that our flesh is weak. But we allow that to rule us and govern us. <gasps> I know, right? I'm thinking, oh, wow, Lord, okay. So it's about engaging with that spirit, isn't it? I'm going, this is what we do. I'm reading a brilliant book. Sorry, stream of consciousness. I'm reading a brilliant book. It's called Christian Mindfulness, Finding God in Everyday Life. It's brilliant. It is brilliant. When I finished it, I'm not going to lend it to anyone because you won't give it back, will you? Because I know what you like. No, I might lend it to someone. But it says this, okay? That actually, we have to have checks in our day where we just stop and focus on God. And whether you do that for 30 seconds or a minute, they recommend actually setting alarms on your phone or getting somebody to text you. Just an emoji. Or a, or a symbol, not a whole text. Hey, you've been mindful today. Well, I wasn't, and I'm a bit busy, thanks. You know, but actually getting somebody to just send you something to remind you, to trigger a thought in your head that just gets you to be still where you are, to focus and be attentive, be an, and be grateful, like you were saying, to be grateful for everything you have, and then, then to focus on kindness by being kind to yourself that you can then be kind to other people. And it's in a minute that you take a minute out of your day to do that, to just focus on everything around you and God, not to focus on what he wants you to do in the future, not to focus on the past, okay, but to be in that second present, to feel his presence around you and to be grateful for it. And it changes the way we live because Jesus says, I call you friend. That should change the way we live, shouldn't it? It should change the way we see the world. No, I'm, I'm, I know I'm going on, so I'll put up the second scripture really, really quick. This is a hallmark of an unhealthy relationship, okay? Read when I read this, you know, sometimes you read the Bible always, don't you? And then you read something and you think, 
Good grief, how long has that been in the Bible? Do you ever get that? You think, have you only just put that in there, Lord, because I'm writing this message? Because sometimes I think he does it, right? I think he goes sometimes, watch your face when I tell her this. And I'm like, how long has that been there? This is Jesus standing trial, okay? And he's being passed between Pontius Pilate and Herod. Okay, now, the background to that is there's huge political division in downtown Palestine at that time. And Pilate has said to Herod, okay, the Tetrarch, you know, they split the the kingdom into four. And he says, actually, you can carry on being king. I'm all right with it because actually we're Roman and we're the bosses anyway. So I'm going to let you have your little piece. And because of that, Herod was like, hmm, all right, whatever. Actually, uh, they were enemies, right? Long story short, they hated each other. Now read this. On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was Galilean. When he learned that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased, because for a long time he had been wanting to see him. From what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform some miracle. He plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there vehemently accusing him. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him. Dressing him in an elegant robe, they sent him back to Pilate. That day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this, they were enemies. If this is a sign of an unhealthy relationship, if you are only bonding over your dislike of a person, that is an unhealthy friendship, friends. If the only commonality you have is the downfall of another person, that is an unhealthy friendship. If the only thing you do when you get together is run that person down, that is an unhealthy friendship. If the only thing that keeps you together is the fact that you hate somebody else, that is not a friendship that Christ can honour. Do you understand? So our role is to combat that. And what we do to make ourselves feel better is it's a psychological phenomenon. It's something called deviant attachments. And we see this all the time in the young people we work with, okay? You know, have you ever seen gangs of young people and children running together, all troublemakers, and you think, how do they find each other? How do they know? Deviant attachments. There is something within us, a psychological phenomenon, that will scout the landscape of people we know and will hook onto people we think are worse than us. So that in that friendship group, we can be dominant because we're not as bad as them. That's a deviant attachment. If you are joining up with someone who is negative and toxic, but it makes you feel better about being not so negative and toxic, but still negative and toxic, that is a deviant attachment. And we see those friendships all the time, don't we? Where people just have a commonality based on somebody they want to tear down. But actually, they did all the gossiping, not me. Well, if you were there listening, you were gossiping too. If you were there just not challenging them when they were running somebody down and denigrating them, then you were gossiping too. If you didn't challenge their anger and their profane language when they were talking about that person, then you were joining in too. If you weren't in a place that poured Jesus into that situation and said, I cannot do this because this is not right, then you were joining in. You are complicit. Do you understand? That's how God views it. That's an unhealthy friendship, isn't it? Isn't it? And you know when we we expose ourselves to this toxicity because it makes us feel better. Because if you are really riled or challenged by somebody, what do you want to do? You want to vent, don't you? But if there's something inside you going, oh, I can't vent, Jesus wouldn't like it. I know what I'll do. That person hates her more than me. She'll vent and I'll sit there listening. And it's like a venting by proxy. But friend, it was you venting all along. It was you venting all along. It was you. If I've been in those situations, it was me. 
We did that together. If you were in a relationship, and the phenomenon is this, this is the name for it, an internecine relationship, which is a relationship that is mutually destructive. Because a healthy friendship should bring out the best in you and the best in me. So if you're in a friendship or relationship that makes you, makes you into a person you don't recognize, that removes you from Jesus Christ, that gets you off path, that is not a good friendship. That is not a good place to be. And that is not what God calls us to. Herod and Pilate became friends because they wanted to kill Jesus. Herod was jealous. Pilate was jealous. He was a threat. What can we do? Let's gang up. And that's what we do. That's what we do. We are never more on Christ like than we withhold. Anything, when we withhold anything, forgiveness, blessing, love, that is unchristlike. Now, when it comes to a toxic, abusive relationship, I hear you. In that case, you can forgive and walk away. Nobody's saying be best friends with that person. Do you understand? Nobody's saying, well, you know what, Jesus would probably want me to go out for dinner with them. No, he would not. He would say, I have set you free for freedom. And you can be free from that. The point is this, that faith in God is above abusive, coercive relationships. It is above even the best relationships because if we're focusing on Jesus, then it beautifies everything else. And you know what? We need to be open and attentive to the prompts of the Holy Spirit to say this is not okay. You should not be doing this. No judgment or condemnation here today. But what I am getting us to say is to be attentive to what God is doing in that moment. There is no point us looking at our lives and going, why isn't God acting for me? And you're like, well, actually, you need to change some stuff. You need to change some stuff. A friendship is not a a replacement for a relationship with God. And from that flows everything. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it makes you a better friend. But actually... There is no higher calling on your life than to be a good friend. Do you get it? Is this being clear? Am I, am I being clear, James? Yeah, good, thanks. Just checking, just checking. There are people who need our friendship. You, my friends, could be the answer to someone's prayer. Right? You could be the answer to someone's prayer. And we step out of that moment with God because we're not listening to him. And we'd sooner have our own agenda. My prayer for us this week is that we would do as Martin directed us to do. That we would just humble ourselves before God and let go of any pride, of any agenda, of any criteria that we are creating. That is so contrary to what Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ has done in our lives. That we can submit our will to his will. That we can submit our needs to his glorious love. And that we can be in a position where not only are we worshipping the most high God, we are actually showing other people the love of Jesus Christ shed abroad in their hearts because it's in ours. I pray, church, I pray that we have a week where we are attentive to the still, small voice of God so we don't overlook anybody, but we invite them to the table instead. Amen. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.